0: Hello, my name is Matt Barker, I'm the Features Editor for Campaign. Each day this week we're going to be looking back at some of the best campaign podcasts over the past year. Today we're going back to October when I joined UK editor Maisie McCabe, Art Director Chris Barker and Creativity and Culture Editor Gergit Deegan to chat about the final quarterly print edition of Campaign.
1: Hello and welcome to the Campaign podcast. My name is Maisie McCabe, UK editor of Campaign, and I'm joined by Chris Barker, senior art director, Gurgit Deegan, creativity and culture editor, and Matt Barker, no relation, the features editor. Um, so we're here to talk about the final quarterly print magazine. Unfortunately, there was a delay at the printers, you know, classic print, hey? Um, and so we don't actually have any copies yet in the office. We're recording this on Monday morning, but we do have some proofs with us. So if you hear a bit of... Paper rustling, that's what it is. Thanks, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah this bodes well. Uh, so, Chris, I guess if we start with you, how how do you feel about the magazine going out of print?
2: Hello. Uh, <laughs> well, do you I, see that was
1: a sort of sensitive
2: question? People do keep coming up to me and sort of saying, you know, how are you? Are you all right about the magazine going out of print? As if I've lost a child or something. But obviously it's more like it's more like when your child grows up you know putting a magazine together is is quite a it's a lot of work when you've got the the brand is so much wider than just the print product now you know uh, so it's it's almost like you know when you look back at when your kids were very little and you think oh weren't they sweet but you've forgotten about all the all the sleepless nights and the tantrums and everything so I'm 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 fine with it. I'm looking forward to the um to the brand growing up, becoming a teenager.
1: Yeah, getting the bus on its own. <laughs> getting the bus on its own.
2: <laughs> um, I think we've put together a really good final print issue. Well, I mean, who can say if it is the final issue? Who yeah, yeah. knows what's gonna happen? Well, it's in the, the final
1: quarterly print issue we're allowed to say, I yeah. think. Because it's the final regular print issue.
2: Yeah, it might come back in some other form at some point or there might be sporadic special issues, you never know but i think it's a really really good final um, quarterly print issue
1: and <laughs> we should have a bell or something that goes off right? <laughs> if you get it right i yeah. guess yeah. every
2: time you say final issue
1: <laughs> cuz we just i mean it would be a nice segue there to the cover cuz you had a you you did want to put final edition
2: i did on yeah, the, yeah on the cover but yeah. unfortunately
1: um, it might not be
2: yeah we, it was, we just strive it, it was for too accuracy definitive yeah. to to say final um, yeah so the cover uh, yeah
1: so would you do want to explain a bit about how we how we get there
2: I'd had an inkling we were going to go out of print and I <gasps> thought I know I thought that the previous issue might end up being our last issue so um, for
1: um some of you might know this but that sort of creativity focused issue that was published in June and went out to Cannes led by Gurdjieff
2: that's right. With that's so, very so,
1: intense help, obviously.
2: Yeah, which is another good issue. Actually, I was very pleased with that one too. But for the cover, I kind of blew up the masthead and and set fire to the world, so it was, uh, <laughs> just in case this is the last.
1: <laughs> this is the
2: last print issue. It'd be a good way to go out. Um, it's
1: funny because I didn't. I didn't appreciate that. <laughs> I thought. That, yeah. I, well, I thought it was like really about AI and whether it was gonna bring about the end it
2: worked on a lot of levels yeah
1: so for those again that you don't know and for the the word campaign has an a and an I in it so it all...
2: I spotted that yeah <laughs>
1: so that's sort of insightful kind of yeah. out of the box thinking for
2: three years on the brand it's like oh look at
1: that two
2: vowels um so we um I made the world out of burnt out wires and and, and through mid journey through mid-journey and then had the um the letters uh, of all of the other letters on the on the masthead had fallen off, apart from the A and I. So that left me with the complicated yeah the second album position second album syndrome yeah. What, how do you follow that if you've already destroyed everything? So I thought, um, even though the issue was go- going to be um, very forward looking, it might be a nice touch to have uh, a callback to to the past, to the sort of news news led uh covers of well the early years and up till relatively relatively recently in the grand scheme of things so a, a set about recreating a classic well a print led uh cover which i i, I think it's quite nice i think um nobody would be expecting it <laughs> hopefully yeah <laughs> and uh but then we uh, i didn't know what we're going to be in those slots uh you know, So we, we, we thought about a few different things. I know, Matt, you were talking about making up stories to go in there about things that could potentially happen in the next 20 years.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I thought it was – I was just thinking, you could have had the letters P, A, I, and N, couldn't you, up there? And that, that, that would have been quite good. But it, it, was, it was quite a subtle way of saying goodbye, isn't it? Because that's – we were getting a bit ahead of ourselves maybe, but when we had that initial – editorial meeting about what's going to be in the next issue. It was all about, mm. we, we, need, we want it to be future-facing and so on and not too kind of retro. And So this is that one sort of nod to the past, yeah. isn't it? Which I think, I think is quite clever. Well, okay, as, quite, as, clever as, quite clever, quite, like, clever. Like, <laughs> Chris. Quite clever. That's what we strive for. Chris, quite clever,
2: both. Um Because uh, as Maisie said in a, um editorial in the issue, we'd kind of done all of the retrospective stuff five years ago in the 50th there's no point in and we've done it really really well i happen to think that's one of the best things i've ever seen let alone one of the best magazines i've ever seen i think it's a brilliant product that 50th issue yeah. um so, I wouldn't want to try and recreate that five years later. It's
1: really not that long ago. Really so, that long ago. so, everything you, you would sort of expect in a kind of ceremonial final print issue like, you know, the great and the good kind of mm. telling stories from their careers, picking their favorite work, you know, all that sort of stuff. And there's a, also a really glamorous kind of photo shoot in Dean Street mm. full of lots of really senior people. Yeah. Um, so that's, uh, that's I guess, it's one of those class. I love a uh, post-rationalization and you were like, well, we've already done that, so yeah. we can't do that. Yeah. So we've got to look forward. And then you think, well, actually, that's probably a really good thing. Like sometimes, yeah. you know, constraints send you in a much better direction. Um, and so we sort of wanted the features in the mag to sort of stand as almost like statements of intent or manifestos. And they were like, these are the really big issues that the industry is going to face um and these is a, sort of a bit of advice about where and how you should be trying to tackle them um yeah. and then we're obviously going to continue following up um and help you online
2: and then we said well why don't we make them questions 10 questions
1: 10 questions
2: and so then that that became the basis for the cover um and then did the... you want to
1: describe the cover
2: well, it's black and white <laughs> and, and red, but just and red, not Tiny black and white. Tiny bit and red. of red, yeah. yeah. Uh, which is basically what the, the campaign brand Bible is black and white and then in smaller words and red. Um, uh, And it's basically a recreation of the, the the old grid with um as close to the old typography as I could um muster. Uh, um,
1: so with a kind of, you know, Bold headlines and then news stories, which each refer to one of the features, one of the questions. Yeah, and it acts
2: acts as a contents page for the issue as well. So there is no contents page in the issue. Yeah. controversially.
1: We're just shaking things up as shaking we go out the door, up. huh? Yeah.
2: we should have done this ages ago. <laughs> um, but then the rest of the, the rest of the magazine is is really nicely um, the whole the whole of the, almost the whole of the magazine is uh, taken up by the ten questions, um, and each one gets a big. Um, opening spread with a nice sort of black and white and red uh, retro futuristic little <laughs> See what collage you did there? I, I done it again um i had help her from uh Anna Acosta, designer on this to help me hit the deadline um thanks
1: very much joanna thanks, great Anna. job
2: great job yeah uh so there's t- t- the 10 questions each get uh, a feature with some words in it uh, <laughs> that's <laughs> Amen. Classic
1: Chris, yeah. Some words. <laughs> There's the words. Yeah, how many words? And Fair then ride. we've got a lot
2: of uh, headliners that we also shot. Um, so they're
1: kind of profiles of mm-hmm. um, individual people. Gurgit. so, you're, you, so you, you're obviously busy on a lot of um, different bits of the magazine, but one you did one of the questions, mm-hmm. um, which was... It's quite interesting, I think, this question because it doesn't—it's not necessarily completely clear from it.
3: Can we win the war against robots? Yeah. So it uh, wasn't really in my mind when I was writing, <laughs> but it does fit. <laughs> but it fits, so that works. Yeah, it's convenient. It's like you know,
1: as we say, we love post-rationalization.
3: So, <laughs> could you explain a bit about um, the feature and who you spoke to and any highlights? So the it? yeah, the brief was look at creativity as it stands now. Um, it, how is the work good? That's um, great. We, Yes, is, is is it great? Is it, is it um, you know, we, we looked at the, there's a link between effectiveness and award-winning ads um, and it's uh, disintegrated. Um, so then uh, we wanted to look at the problems around that and evaluate the opportunities. And as you said, there's a manifesto, you know, it's like a, what's the way forward for creativity? Um, so yeah, I just called a few creatives and they told me some bits and I wrote it. Um, what uh, I thought... And it's how I've started it. The most interesting um, point that I found when I was writing it or speaking with people, Rick Brim from Adam and Eve, um, Adam and Eve DDB, talked about um, Zaha Saha um, Hadid Architects. Um, so before they even start a brief, they throw it into an AI machine and pick out you know it throws back kind of 12 ideas of what for example an airport that zaha hadid would uh, architects would design and what it would look like um and then they say that's not what we're doing and then they then they go on um so he, you know he was using it as a point of I and mean, I didn't really ask people about ai sp- well, I did ask specifically about AI, but the conversations turned a lot to AI. So that's um, so that, I thought that was interesting.
2: I've used that as our Hadid story a lot since I read Have it. Have you yeah. <laughs> in, in conversation? In, in, yeah, I know. In the pub, <laughs> also in. I the, really
3: enjoyed that story.
2: Yeah, I love that yeah. story. I thought it was a really good way to get into the into the feature as well. Thank I you. used it in the AI steering committee. Here. Did you? I was like, oh, apparently, it's our Hadid. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I hope you credited in, in a few months time you'll use it on us Chris we know where that comes <laughs> from
3: I found that out Chris yeah. Um, yeah so I thought that was really interesting An interesting way to start the piece So hopefully everybody agrees um, And then I spoke with uh, Lindsay Atkin At 4 Creative uh, Nils Leonard uh, from Uncommon um, And loads of other creatives as well um, You know the industry's top creatives To just talk about what's happening now and what, uh, they want for the future. I asked some of them, obviously provocative question. Um, is there a crisis in advertising, creativity, creativity in advertising? Um, I mean, creatives are very optimistic and in industry, industry, everybody is very optimistic and, um, a lot of them defended creativity as they should, obviously. Um, you know, Lin- Lindsay uh, Lindsay Atkin, as I as I said, from Full Creative, um, came out and said that's totally unfair. Um, it's but- always good when the interviewer tells you your questions crap, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Is that a highlight for me. I know I do actually like yeah. it because they're challenging me, and obviously I don't know everything. They're the ones who know the things, and 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 that's that's our job. But um, they're basically saying that it's the middle level of work that um AI can help with um but AI will never bring that top level award-winning effective work um and that you need human brain for um so that's you know that's positive um and there was talk about holding companies some holding companies we talked about production companies um we talked about the future and i mean the whole piece is about the future but um i hoped like kind of the end points were about looking forward and you know what what creatives would like to see um, so for rick it was about uh, creative thinkers as partners and creativity being a, a powerful tool for businesses so brands um lindsey was about bringing in work that she says work that feels less transient and doesn't mean that we can't do funny stuff or strange things but she wants to move towards really big exciting thoughts um and then we ended on Nils uh, Nils uh, Nils Leonard at Uncommon, who talked about. He explained that the best work should challenge culture. Um, it wasn't just him; that others have uh, did say that as well. But I thought to end on this point uh, on his quote was was quite nice. On if advertising can remember that you're going to put something up on a billboard that 50 feet wide, and get something to the entire country, and not be daunted by that and actually be thrilled to be on that stage and remember it's a privilege, that's the amazing place for us to be as an industry.
1: Oh, and there's, if I was a quicker thinker, there'd be a really smooth segue to your, your entertainment piece there, Matt, you know? That's entertainment.
0: So th- yeah, this, this was another good provocative question. Um, is this really entertainment? Which is this I thought would really be a great title for this podcast. <laughs> so this with a big question mark. Yeah. At the end. yeah. So this is looking at entertainment, and it's looking particularly at, at how um, entertainment is being used as, as as a kind of a cut through. Really, that brands are using entertainment as a, as a kind of a comms tool, um, and it ended up. It ended up, but you know, the, the way it kind of steered was was you start to realise that basically it's it's advertising trying to get back to where it used to be pre-digital, which is you'd have these water cooler moments about ads that were coming out and, and, and stuff like that. And I started it off talking about the um Cafe Gold Blend couple in the also early 90s, great like 80s intro. 80s. There's 80s. some
1: good intros in this magazine. <laughs> I enjoy this one, yeah. <laughs> and they, they
0: they introduced a novel. They they said there was like a cash in um paperback, which i bought for a girlfriend for her Valentine's as as a joke. At I the bought a yeah,
2: not retrospectively. No, either. no, I'm that old. Okay.
0: Yeah, if that's what you're getting, actually. <laughs> I bought her that and I bought her five pots of curry sauce. I remember because she liked the curry sauce and local chippies. My wife from listening chip- to this, she'll probably want that <laughs> from the
1: from the chippy. Yeah, oh gosh, so you'd have to eat that quickly. Yeah, well,
0: she froze it. I think oh, you, have a, you have a full pot, not as good as the wife. So sure. the curry yeah. sauce. Was
2: your gold blend basically? You would be the neighbour who was coming around saying, yeah. "Have you tried my curry
0: sauce?" Basically,
1: and then the relationship didn't work out.
0: Didn't work out. did I think out. Okay. weeks after that, but no, um, <laughs> lasted pots. as long as the Six other pots. pots of curry sauce. Five, yeah. five. Yeah. So that that was that was me kind of trying to introduce the idea that you know branded entertainment is, isn't necessarily a new thing. It's just the formats have changed, and obviously everything's kind of developed a lot with digital. Um, and that was something that actually um, Alex Green from Havas Play sort of picked up on, and he was saying that, you know, um, the spirit's very much the same as pre-digital and that people are trying to sort of come up with with stuff that, you know, you, people want to watch, talk about, and share. Um, I, I tend to – people have edited my copy will probably know this, but I will go down a few rabbit holes occasionally. And there was a really interesting guy, fascinated by um, Bob Workman, who's senior vice president um, – International brand partnerships at Warner Music, and we we had a great conversation about how now um, artists, recorded uh, music artists, will will partner with with brands a lot more willingly, mainly because it's a it's a revenue stream for them. Because obviously people don't buy stuff anymore; they just download it. Because um, <laughs> they have to. <laughs> and, and Yeah, and and he was he was talking about um, Ed Sheeran and how Ed Sheeran has a tomato ketchup label tattooed on one of his arms, apparently, and, and all this sort of so stuff like that was. Was fascinating, but yeah, it was it was um, it was a great chat as as well as Bob um, and and Alex from Har um, from Havas. There was also David Abraham from Wonderhood and Wonderhood Studios doing a lot of really interesting stuff. Particularly with documentaries, a lot of which appear on Channel Four for some reason. Channel That's Four was, was a lot more open to this, you know. Um, so that that was a fascinating chat. Is um, and they have got something coming up called furry babies, which uh, is
1: that, like, uh, potentially problematic, isn't it? It's yeah. Title.
0: Uh, which um, or oh, oh, fur babies, excuse me. Which which is all done with pet plan.
1: So it's actually about
3: animals. It's actually, it about is, yeah, it, yes, it, it is about animals. pets. Yes, yeah. it's pets. not about
0: hairy kids or anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, which which, which, is, which would be a bit of a shame actually.
3: So that's so, with pet pet plan.
0: Yeah. Pet, so, okay. so, so it's it, an ad but, funding. But, it, but it's mm. done quite subtly because as as um as, as David was saying, you know, you, you did, there's so many guidelines in terms of product placement and all the rest of it. I, I think it was David that said in there that you know if you see James Bond wearing a flash watch, you know that's part of the deal. Um but you that, don't that mind plan. exactly you know, that's what, yeah. what I
3: liked about the piece, and, and yeah. that was an interesting point. You don't mind watching a Bond film. Um, and there's loads of products there. Whereas
0: well, if you're watching a documentary, I mean, it, uh, is I watch it... Bond films have always
2: had product placement. Pay.
3: Yeah, I mean, I don't really watch them much. I fall asleep. <laughs> but yeah,
1: <laughs> the idea is, if you like that sort of content, you know that the customers are savvy enough to yeah to get you know
0: and it's brand association and, and of course you know they'd, they'd be disappointed if if Jane Bond didn't have a you know uh,
1: uh, and, and a, similarly. A kind of fake,
0: Rolex or whatever that you know, <laughs> it, would, it would be
1: a or drink a beer. Although that didn't no, happen. No, he did. Yeah. he, yeah, he, yeah. he drank quite a few. He's back to martinis, though, isn't he? In, in, I don't know. I haven't the seen him. We should talk one.
0: about him in the past tense, really, shouldn't we? Even, oh, yes. Yeah. Spoiler. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> cool. And then also, you, we kept you quite busy this issue. Oh yeah. Uh, so you interviewed Dame Caroline McCall. Who is obviously Diane of the industry and chief executive of ITV?
0: Yeah, she was great. In fear that the ITV um, sort of new HQ at White City, obviously getting onto BBC territory there, and you know firing off their tanks and stuff on their lawn. Um, and, and she she was great because she can talk. She was talking about ITV, obviously, uh, and about ITVX more to the point, and, and how that sort of um, developing as, as as a platform for ad funded media. But also, given her background in the Guardian as well, she could she could sort of talk about that, um, and and indeed Easy Um and she she was really good. She was very kind of, uh, I mean, I, I made some sort of little motif throughout the piece about her sort of you know she'd look you right dead in the eye and, and and sort of like just make these little knocking noises every time she was trying to make a point on the, not not hammering her hand on the desk, but she was very kind of you know, um, no, I, I, I she, she was she was great and as she said, my mandate was to kick ITV into the future. Um, and she's, she's definitely got that sort of uh, vision going on. Yeah. Well,
1: I mean, I guess it's sort of what we're trying to do here a little bit. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, I mean, all,
0: it, it, I, I think that's, we're kind of at this crucial kind of moment, aren't we, in, in the wider culture? And I think a lot of the, the sort of questions tap into that, you know.
1: Yeah, and so, Gerda, with the work this time, um, we tried to kind of, again, We didn't want to look back across 55 years of advertising or even longer, but we asked people to pick an ad for us, Mm. so a number of senior creators. So usually
3: with the work, we pick out um, some of the highlights of the past quarter, But this time, we decided to go to. um, I contacted more creatives to get them involved. Um, Thank you to everybody for their time. We've got so so many many people people, kind of quoted and contributed to the magazine, and
1: we're so grateful. We know how busy everyone is.
3: Yeah. So I went to them and we uh, and, and asked them to choose an ad that's probably been released, perhaps kind of in the past five years, that most represents where our industry is going. And There were some interesting choices. There was um, Anna Valerin at uh, Wyden and Kennedy London. She's CCO, Chief Creative Officer. Picked the Barbie marketing, and I thought that was fun. And there's been a bit of they market
2: that movie.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I thought because throughout the magazine, quite a few people had mentioned uh, the Barbie stuff. So um, we obviously have an interview with Josh. Exactly, Silverman. Mm. So she uh, picked out the Barbie marketing and that wasn't really done. You know, there was so much there. Um, And that's what she was making the point about. Um, You go to the cinema and they have those um, Barbie kind of, what were they? Cutouts or whatever. Not call the, the cutout, the, the box. That's the boxes, it, the box yeah. so you can get in and, yeah. you know, have, a, have your photo taken, which I definitely did. Um, all those kind of things and, you know, all that pink fever and everything. And uh, Frankie Goodwin, who's at Sarchie's, um Saatchi and Sarchi London, she picked Yorkshire Tea, Pack Your Bags by Lucky Generals, um, which an ad that a lot of people have liked this year um, about... Uh, taking your your own tea bags on holiday with you really important um, and then there's uh mcdonald's raise your arches leo Burnett's channel four idents oh my god my favorite is probably trevor robinson's pick is uh apple action mode where the mum um follows the sun yes brilliant
0: I that's think. me
3: i'm already yeah. there <laughs> i had to watch that over and over um anyway that's not the point uh, so yes this work is supposed to look uh, to the future fabulous
2: and it was interesting that they were choosing different ads for different reasons so you've got a lot of a very broad um
3: selection I was worried that there would be some overlap Mm. so was it just natural everyone picked yeah so So be really quick with your choices because get in there first and Mm. um there were no overlaps (laughs) so Maisie tell us about the ad agencies piece that you wrote
1: yeah, so as we sort of said, the um, the questions are intentionally provocative. Um, and so the question around advertising agencies um, we decided upon was, will advertising agencies survive? Um, and the thinking was that Scott Galloway of the Pivot podcast um, told a story, um, which is in one of his books on the podcast a little while ago, which was that he said when he went to speak to Levi's, to the board of the Levi's, Strauss company in the 90s he went alongside Lee Clough and also um, Nigel Bogle now Sir Nigel Bogle Um, and he contrasts that with today when he said when he goes to see company boards to advise them he basically never sees any advertising agency people essentially and sort of said that you know sort of posed the question of like you know when is a the member of a company board, you know, asked what the advertising agency thinks of anything basically recently. Um, and, and so my kind of quest, I suppose, was to sort of think about the role of advertising agencies. They're full of really talented, wonderful, you know, kind of intelligent, creative people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I worry that the product that they have focused on and continue to focus on um, over the last 15 years has become... Uh, less significant and less useful and valued less by marketers, and that some of them haven't innovated as much as they might have done. Um, and so, if you contrast them with media agencies, where which are essentially driving holding company profits, you know, creative agencies are sort of seen as a shopfront and a kind of almost like a marketing vehicle for the holding companies, as opposed to kind of proper commercial businesses in their own right. So one of the things that um, I guess sharpened the focus for me was um, recently a book's come out called Madison Avenue Makeover, which was written by Michael Farmer. And it follows the transformation of Huge, which is an IPG digital agency. Um, And Huge worked with a woman called Caroline Johnson, who runs the business model company, um, to basically change how they work. So Caroline's view is that advertising agencies are too focused on servicing clients um, and not focused on properly running themselves as commercial businesses and also thinking about how to actually drive the client's business as opposed to just kind of create advertising for them Um, and she's you know really quite punchy about the future she says so she's talking about advertising agencies she says what we're selling is less and less relevant and we're stuck with a costing model that means we're obsessed with the effort we put in rather than the value we create. Um, and so she's obviously really complimentary about um, Matt Baxter who worked with her, who I tried to speak to, but because he's in Australia, it was a bit difficult. So I'm going to do a follow-up with him. Um, so essentially, huge have this through this process and so now sell basically... They have a sort of suite of products that they then sell at a fixed price. So rather than selling time, so essentially the way most advertising agencies work is they kind of bill for the hours that their staff mm-hmm. um, spend working on the business. Instead, you just switched to this kind of, you know, we will do you a, a digital transformation program or, you know, I'm making this up, but a kind of CRM program or a new website or build you an app, that kind of thing. And this is how much it costs. So it's much more like a consultancy model. Um, so I spoke to kind of some people who I felt were doing a really good job of innovating and changing what they do. Um, people like Don Cook of VML and r David Droga of Accenture Song. Um, and essentially most of the people I spoke to weren't a position where they were ready to do a kind of complete wholesale transformation of how they structure their business and sell what they do. Um, but there was a sort of expect- expectation that agencies should look at, be more focused at the value they create for clients and be more um, confident about how they charge for that and, and kind of link some of, at least some of what they do um, to the outcomes that they help deliver chris what else have you got planned so you're you're free from the shackles of um <laughs> print deadlines well, we're,
2: we're the, yeah we're currently putting this issue online which be. and I
1: should say all the work stories will be online mm-hmm. um you know over the coming weeks everything will be going up over the next sort of three or so weeks probably I mean so. it
2: almost takes as long to produce the online version of the, of the mag then which is maybe the what the version. you know Ma- part, be, part yeah, of the reason maybe. <laughs> Uh, but, we're, but we're still doing, um, you know, we're still going to be very uh, creative in our treatments. of uh, We've got the Power 100 coming up, for example. I'm just in the middle of organising quite a complicated shoot at a mystery location. Well, it's not a mystery to me, but it's a mystery. Well, it's not a mystery to the people who are turning up to it either.
3: Not much of a mystery at it's all, a, then, is not, it? A, no. I can't tell you it's, what it is
2: yet. But, it's <laughs> but. a mystery
3: to you, dear so, listener.
1: Yes. <laughs> I think that's what you meant.
2: So but basically, yes, that's what I meant. But basically, we're still doing, still doing um, the, you know, putting just as much um, creative effort into the sort of tentpole campaign things, um, and uh, and then obviously we're going to be working very hard at. Um, well, we're going to relaunch the website um, in the not too distant future, and we've got some very
0: love hate. Stop short of giving a date then. So <laughs> was
1: spring twenty four now?
2: I I can't comment okay. on that. Um, but we have some very exciting plans there that so the, are a mystery.
1: Yeah. yeah. So the idea being, obviously, we want to recreate some of the uh, celebration of the work um, that we do through the print magazine digitally. Yeah. Um, and we obviously want to create a site that people want to come back to regularly. Yeah. That they enjoy when they are
2: at. We've spoken to a lot of people about what they like and what they, uh, what they think could be better. Um, and we've taken all that on board.
1: Great. That's all we've got time for today. If you'd like to learn more about what we've been discussing, please visit our website, campaignlive.co.uk. Details of our subscriptions are available at campaignlive.co.uk forward slash membership. And if you enjoyed this episode of the Campaign Podcast, please follow us, like us, and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. A big thank you to Haymarket Studio Manager, Nav Pal and Till Owen, our podcast producer. And also to Aidan Lyons from Rethink Audio. And to you for listening. I hope you'll join us next time. On behalf of the campaign team, goodbye.